Hi, this is David. Welcome to episode 11 of Upward Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on learning some of the content and message of the book of 1 Corinthians. Of the 21 epistles in the New Testament, 13 are written by Paul and 8 are general epistles. The first epistle of Paul in New Testament order is Romans. Romans is followed by the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians addresses various issues in the church at Corinth, such as divisiveness, spiritual gifts, the significance of Christ, resurrection from the dead, and marriage. I will use the World English Bible for this episode because the World English Bible is in the public domain. While this episode is kept clean, some of the sins that Paul discusses and some of the topics that Paul discusses in 1 Corinthians that are mentioned in this episode may not be appropriate for younger children, so parents, please be advised and, and listen to the episode before you decide whether or not your children should hear it. Let's get started. The New Testament starts off with four gospel books written in this order, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. After the four gospels is the book of Acts, then the book of Romans. After the book of Romans is the book of 1 Corinthians. So the first seven books of the New Testament in order are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, and 1 Corinthians has 16 chapters. The author of 1 Corinthians is Paul the Apostle, and Paul is writing this letter to the Christian assembly at Corneth. Corneth is in Greece. The Greek word for assembly is often translated into English with the English word church. All Christians are sanctified in Christ Jesus and are called saints. Saints merely means holy ones. When a person is born again, God makes them holy. Paul expresses his thanks to God for God, how God has worked in the lives of these Christians in Corneth. These Christians had experienced God's grace. This grace was manifested in these Christians being enriched in Jesus Christ in speech and knowledge. They were lacking in no gift from God and were waiting the revelation of Christ, which is a reference to Christ's second coming. Paul looks to the faithfulness of God who will enable these Christians to stay true to God. Paul later in this epistle informs the Corinthians that some Christians have the gift of prophecy. A prophet is someone who exhorts, edifies, and gives comfort. See 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. In 1 Corinthians 1.10, Paul gives an exhortation to the Corinthians to have Christian unity. So this is an exercise of the gift of prophecy. This unity was to be through having the same mind and the same judgment. How does the church obtain this unity? This unity is brought about by being united in the truth of the Bible. Christian unity is not through compromise. There should not be unity with so-called Christians who teach false doctrine, or who call good what the Bible calls evil, or calls evil what the Bible calls good. Paul had heard that there was a lack of unity among the Corinthians. This does not appear to be a division of doctrine taught by Paul versus what Peter taught, who is called Cephas here, or what Apollos taught. If Peter or Apollos were teaching false doctrine, Paul would have refuted their false doctrine just as he had no fear 
to rebuke Peter when P- Peter was setting a bad example by avoiding eating with Gentile Christians in front of the Jewish Christians that is mentioned in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 to 13. The rivalry in Corinth appears to be more of a boasting about who baptized them or who was their favorite orator or whose ministry impacted them the most. Paul's preaching was not based on human wisdom, but on preaching the good news of Jesus' death on the cross. Paul believed that Jesus was the power of God and the wisdom of God. Paul's preaching and teaching is through the Holy Spirit and not through human wisdom. Paul says the Corinthians were not spiritual but fleshly. Paul makes clear in Romans that all Christians have God's Spirit and are not in the flesh. See Romans chapter 8, verses 4 to 9. These Christians, by their divisiveness, were not living consistent with being a Christian. These Christians were living like unbelievers. They were jealous, striving, and they had factions. These sins are listed as among the works of the flesh in Galatians 5, chapter 5, verse 20. And Paul says that those who practice such things will not inherit God's kingdom. Galatians chapter 5, verse 21. These Christians needed to repent and become genuine Christians if they were going to go to heaven. Paul then indicates that not all preachers or teachers of God's word are to be the same or even have the same results. It is God and not man that brings the result. Some planted, some watered, but God gave the increase. We, we may share the gospel and not see any result, but maybe we planted a seed. We may share the gospel with someone to whom others planted the seed, and our witness is just watering what they said. Then later, God may bring the increase through the ministry of someone else who will see the benefit of the unknown person or persons who planted the seed and watered the plant. The foundation of the gospel message is Jesus Christ. Our preaching and teaching must be based on the foundation Christ laid through his life and teaching. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, it appears that the Corinthians were boasting about the apostles they were trained under, as though being under a great apostle made them better than other Christians. Paul made clear the apostles were servants of Christ and were not seeking their own fame and glory. He indicated that as an apostle, he had suffered. Paul says regarding the apostles in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, Even to this present hour we hunger, thirst, are naked, are beaten, and have no certain dwelling place. We toil, working with our hands. When people curse us, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world, the dirt wiped off by all, even until now. World English Bible. Paul says his teaching is to admonish them as beloved children. Paul also indicates he has sent Timothy to those in Corinth so Timothy could remind the Corinthians of Paul's teaching. Next, Paul addresses the issue of sexual immorality in the congregation in Corinth. The sexual immorality in Corinth was that a member of the church in Corinth was being sexually immoral with his father's wife. Paul told them to remove such a person from their fellowship. 
While Christians can eat meals and be friends of unbelievers, they are not to associate with a person who claims to be a Christian and yet is practicing sexual immorality, idolatry, slandering, drunkenness, or extortion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul addresses the problem of Christians taking other Christians to court. Disputes among Christians should be resolved by leaders in the local church rather than Christians taking other Christians to court. Paul then gives examples of people who will not make it to heaven. Paul mentions the sexually immoral, idolaters, idolaters, uh, male prostitutes, homosexuals, thieves, covetous, drunkards, drunkards, slanderers, and extortionists as people who will not go to heaven. Paul said this to people who, who, he, said, who he said that they uh, were like that before God saved them. Today, some people who have been born again in the past commit some of these sins, and unless they repent and get right with God, they will not go to heaven. Paul tells the Corinthians to flee sexual immorality. Christians are to glorify God in their body and in their spirit, and not use their body in a sinful way. In chapter 7, Paul begins to address some questions he had been asked by the Corinthians. First, Paul addresses issues regarding marriage. First, Paul says that celibacy is good. Some are called never to get married so that they can devote more time to serving God. Unmarried Christians are to abstain from sex. For others, marriage is good. Marriage in the Bible is between one man and one woman. The Bible clearly teaches that it is sexually immoral to practice homosexuality, lesbianism, or having sex outside of a marriage between one man and one woman. The Bible condemns adultery and fornication as well. Husbands and wives uh, are not to deprive their married partners of the opposite sex of marital relations in order to protect them from sexual immorality. A Christian woman is not to divorce her husband, and if she does, she is to stay unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and the Christian husband is not to divorce his wife. If a Christian man is married to a non-believing woman, he is to stay married to her, and if a Christian woman is married to a non-believing man, she is to stay married to him. However, if the unbelieving spouse decides to leave, then the believing spouse is not under bondage in those cases. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul deals with whether Christians can eat meat that has been sacrificed to idols. Paul asserts that idols are not really gods. For the Christian there is but one God, namely God the Father, from whom are all things, and there is one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things. It is not a sin to eat idol meat as long as the Christian does not worship the idol or cause another Christian to stumble. However, Paul takes another approach in chapter 10 and discourages eating meat that is known to have been sacrificed to an idol. 9. Paul preaches about his right as an apostle, but for his ministry to be effective, he was willing to give up some of these rights. For example, Paul had the right to get married and have a wife go with him on his missionary journeys. Paul had the right to be paid for his ministry as an apostle. But Paul was willing to give up being paid for his preaching and teaching work. Yet it was proper and right for the other apostles to be married, travel with their wives, and be paid for their preaching. Of course, their motives would be 
to serve God. Paul said that those who proclaim the good news should live from the good news. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14, World English Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul reminds the Corinthians of how God delivered Israel from Egyptian bondage by helping them cross the Red Sea and how they partook of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Jesus Christ. Yet even though they had this spiritual blessing, they departed from God and worshipped the golden calf and practiced sexual immorality. The result was that 23,000 people died in one day. Paul encouraged the Christians at Corinth not to follow their example of testing Jesus Christ. The Corinthian Christians were not to sin like Israel did in the wilderness by their sexual immorality, idol worship, and grumbling. Paul says Christians are to flee idolatry. Christians are not to eat meat that they know for sure has been sacrificed to idols because they would be participating in idol worship. This seems to differ from what Paul said in chapter 8 above. However, if they buy meat in the market, not knowing for sure its source, then they are free to eat the meat sold in the marketplace. Christians are to flee idolatry. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, No temptation has taken you except what is common to man. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. World English Bible. Paul also rebukes the Corinthians for not sharing their food when they brought food to church, or alternatively, they should have eaten before coming to church. Some came to eat at church and did not wait for others, and some had plenty to eat while the others had little or no food to eat at the assembly. Paul then reminds them that the real purpose of communion is to remember Jesus' death on the cross for our sins. Next in chapters 12 to 14, Paul addresses spiritual gifts in the church and that Christian love is more important than one spiritual gift. The Holy Spirit gives various manifestations of God's Spirit to Christians, but all do not get the same spiritual manifestation. Paul talks of the manifestation of God's Spirit in three categories. These three categories are one, gifts, two, service, and three, workings. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12:4 that the Holy Spirit distributes each of these manifestations to each Christian as the Holy Spirit desires. The manifestation of gifts is when God gives Christians abilities to minister to other Christians in various ways. Another manifestation of the Spirit of the spiritual gifts is the manifestation of service in which Christians have spatial abilities to serve God in certain ways. Paul lists the following as manifestations of the Spirit. These manifestations are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of languages, and interpretation of languages. While there is a diversity of manifestation, there is but one body of Christ. Each part of the body of Christ is viable, but not, but not all have the same function. The physical body has different parts of the body 
with different functions, and the body needs all its members. The hand cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. The members of the body need to care for one another and fulfill their God-given purpose. Likewise, the church, as the body of Christ, needs the different manifestations of the Spirit of God gives to various members of the church as the body of Christ. Members of the assembly, that is the church, have functions that differ. Some are, are apostles, some are prophets, some teachers, some miracle workers, some have gifts of healing, some have the gift of helps, some governments, and others various kinds of language. In chapter 13, Paul talks of the importance of Christian love. As important as spiritual gifts are, they are nothing without Christian love. Paul describes Christian love. Christian love is patient, kind, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love is not envious. It doesn't brag. It isn't proud. It does not behave inappropriately. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily provoked to anger. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul talks of the gift of tongues, but it's not beneficial in church because no one knows what is being said unless someone has the gift of interpretation of tongues and interprets what's being said. Prophecy edifies because it is spoken and is understood. The one who prophesies speaks to build up other Christians, encourage Christians, and comfort Christians. Encouragement can be through the preaching and teaching of the pastor or Christians just talking to each other before or after the service. The goal is to help each other grow to be more like Christ and not to bring attention to ourselves. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul talks of the importance of the teaching of the resurrection from the dead. There were some in Corinth that were denying the, the important doctrine of the resurrection from the dead. Paul makes clear that God raised Jesus from the dead. Paul teaches that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and that God raised him from the dead on the third day. He also indicates that Jesus then appeared to Cephas, who is also known as Peter, and then to the twelve. I assume the twelve here is referring to the eleven apostles since Judas died before Christ's resurrection, or it could be uh, that it's including Matthias, who was Judas' replacement. Then Jesus appeared to over 500 brothers at once, and then Jesus appeared to James, all the apostles, and to Paul. Since God raised Jesus from the dead, it shows that there is a resurrection from the dead. The Christian message is in vain if God has not raised Jesus from the dead. Christians are still in their sins if God has not raised Jesus from the dead. Not only is the doctrine of Christ's resurrection true, but his resurrection is the first fruits of the resurrection of all who have died. As in Adam all died, so in Jesus Christ all will be made alive. When Christ comes again, God will put an end to all authority and power. God will put all his enemies under Jesus' feet, including death itself. Then Jesus Christ will also subject himself to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 28. The human body is sown as a perishable body, but is raised as an imperishable body. It is sown a natural body, and then is raised a spiritual body. Now, not all Christians will die, but at the final trumpet, all those still alive will be changed. Dead Christians will be raised incorruptible, and the Christians alive will be changed. For this reason, our labor for Christ is not in vain. 
The last chapter of 1 Corinthians is chapter 16. In this chapter, Paul gives instructions for Christian living. Paul was collecting an offering for the needy Christians in Jerusalem. Paul instructed the Corinthians not to wait until he came, but to take a weekly offering at the assembly, that is, the church. Christians were to give corresponding to how God had prospered them. Paul encourages the Corinthians with these words, Watch, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, World English Bible. I encourage you this week to review the Old Testament books in order and learn the New Testament books in order from Matthew to 1 Corinthians. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Check out my website at upwardjourneybiblestudy.com where you can learn more about this podcast and other resources for spiritual growth. Always remember to keep God first in your life. Bye for now.